Fairness. So what happened was, the, the army of Midian is running away. Gilan's in pursuit, and he calls the people of Ephraim to come down and block their, so to speak, their escape. So when the, the people of Ephraim do that, but then they come to Gilan with complaints. This is very interesting. The people of Ephraim come to Gilan and they say, what is this that he did to us? The Vilti Christ Lano. Not to call us to join you when you went to battle originally. When you went to fight against Midian. In other words, why did you only call us as an afterthought? When the Midian were already running away, so you asked us to come and help you. Why did you come ask us to come When you went to originally to fight with Midian, you should have asked us to come then. They fought with him which means uh, vigorously. Now, what was the problem? What would that said of it? So, we're going to see different reactions of different parts of Klai Israel to the victory of Midian. Over here, Ephraim's uh, complaint, they felt that they wanted to be a chalik of the victory. And the fact that Gideon hadn't called them originally, they were only called as an afterthought. So, clearly, they'd be left out of the opportunity to be involved in Milach um, let's also remind everyone that between the two sons of Yosef, Benash and Ephraim, even though Benash was the older brother, Ephraim always felt that they had a priority. And you see the time of Yeshua already, that uh, was from Benay Ephraim. And uh, as we know, River West Ephraim had an alpha Benash Ephraim had a certain distinction. So now that the brother was considered the smaller or the weaker brother, whatever it is, it should be the one to be successful, to be victorious, that was good on. So there was a certain uh, complaint that the people of Ephraim had, that the lamb lights had been taken from them. That's what they came to argue about. Now, the MS is, the MS is that it wasn't really Gidon's uh, decision to call the Ephraim. We see even originally when Gidon sent messages to call the other Shvatim to participate in the battle, like we saw at the beginning of the previous parak, so the pasuk says that he called his his shevet Menashe, and then afterwards, Umalachim shalach ba'asher of his vulan of Naftali. He sent messengers to Asher's vulan of Naftali. We don't find that he, we don't find that he called the fray. We don't find that he called the fray. If we have to give a reason for that, well, it could be for exactly this reason. Even the Nach doesn't tell us. One could suggest that maybe this was exactly the issue, and that is that Ephraim, being as feeling that they would have the priority, wouldn't necessarily have followed Gideon's direction. Either way around, he didn't call Ephraim, and that's why Ephraim will come to argue with him now. Now, the MS is that wouldn't have made a difference, because either way around, Hakadosh Baruch Hu, minimized, limited the amount of troops that he had with him. And therefore, even had he originally invited Ephraim to join, they would have been sent back home again, as what happened to the people of Asher and Yamin, Asher and Aftali, that they were, they were told to return home because Akadish Baruch didn't want so many soldiers. And therefore, obviously, the Ephraim weren't aware of that, which is why they complained that they should have been included in the original campaign against Media. So now, how does Gideon respond to them? Aaron he could justify himself in saying that someone Hashem wanted, 
Or you could say that uh, he, had, he wasn't obligated anyway to call them. But uh, obviously they were looking to find him. And Fashu by that, by Yerivan Tabachaska, means that they were trying to get him to drag him into an argument, which is, is always the case. You can't fight without the other person participating. So they were trying to go together, so to speak, to get into an argument with them. Again, his response to them was, What did I do, which is what you did? The idolos Ephraim, the grapes, literally, the idolos are the, the single grapes which are on part of the cluster of grapes, that's in the midst of idolos in the Torah. So it says, even the single cluster, the single grapes of Ephraim, on part of a cluster, are better than the Bitsir, than the choice harvest of Aviyaza, which was the Shevet he was coming from. And therefore he says, it's true, you're right, you weren't involved originally in the, that part of the campaign which was to, to, so to speak, shock or confuse Midian into retreating, into running. But Lamaisa, what you did, even uh, later on, by capturing the crossings of the Yarden, was better than what I did. Into your hands, Hashem gave the two generals of Midian, Arab and Zev. What could I do? Like what you did. And therefore we see Gideon's Midas, that instead of trying to argue with them, instead of trying to ignore them, on the contrary, he kind of gave them the cover that, uh, that you were the ones who brought the victory. And if that's the case, In matter they calmed down also, when Gideon spoke to them in such a way, there was nothing for them to argue, there was nothing for them to get angry about anymore, to argue about. Basically, there was, uh, Gideon had accepted that they, what they had done, was more than he had done. Now, there's a... <coughs> the obvious points, which the Rabbi emphasizes in Adam Farshim as well, is the principle of, the, the Apostle says in Mishle, that the way to deal with somebody who's angry is uh, not to try and like, lock horns or to engage in an argument that's not going to go anywhere, it says the person's if a person is going to uh, kind of be willing to be uh, to, to concede that to the other person's covered, then it takes with a new argument. And the the essential point is it's not any real concession. Gideon didn't do anything different because of it. It's just a covered issue. Which means why would we include it? Why would we invite it? And say, no, no, you you, you, you weren't included, you did even more than I did. Right, I don't know, you were the you were the the victors of the or you were the heroes of the of the day. That's all. It didn't change at all. Given what we didn't want it. It was just something which, um, so to speak, was which soothed, so to speak, the feelings, and therefore it took away the argument. Even if it's not true. The question that still needs to be asked is, Harry, the point of this was to show a mess. The point of this to show was a Kodesh Baruch so to speak, directed the battle of Midian. And therefore, even with so few people, and even though they weren't armed, they just had shikharis uh, and empty jars, they, they, went, they got a victory. And that's the case. The fact that he told uh, Bnei Ephraim, Adab, you were the ones who were, did more than I did, why doesn't that in some way take away, why doesn't it in some way take away from the Godel of the Ness? So the Mab points out that the, what Gideon told them isn't that you achieved more than I achieved. 
we told him, if you look carefully in Pasuk Gimel, Yenchem Nasen Elikim, Yisari Median. It wasn't what I had, it wasn't used it. But look who HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave the victory to. And therefore it's true that Gidon was the catalyst which made them all around, which uh, set them, set the, the, the good in process. But he says to the friend, you see that you were the ones HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave the, the, the Sarim to. So obviously you have sources. In other words, if you were the agents who would be through which Hashem sent uh, Yeshua. And, then, and therefore there was, there was really nothing for him to argue about anymore. So they leave him alone. Now, even though they've, they've con- conquered the two, sorry, the two generals of Median, Namaisa, the army hadn't all been defeated, they had all run away. And uh, even though some of them had died in the skirmishes between themselves, like we saw yesterday, but the said there was still a sizable chalik uh, of, of Midian's army which had escaped back across the Arden. And therefore Gideon was scared that they were going to regroup. So he decides to chase them across the Arden um, into, into their own territory to try and destroy them. And therefore the Pasuk says in the Pasuk, That is, Vayyava Gideon hayardeinot, Oyevahu shlesmus ishasharitoi ayayfimavirotim. And it's interesting, Gideon remains to 300 people. Now, even though we saw previously that all the other Shvatim came to help, we saw in the Prayer and the people of Ukraine, they all raced after Midian. That seems that it was just to chase Midian out of Eretz Israel and block them leaving by the Yarden. But for the Midian who actually crossed the Yarden and had escaped to the other side, so it was just given with his loyal 300 people who crossed the Yarden to, to pursue them. At this stage, they are from the right wing. They, even though they're running after the others, but they're tired, it's, uh, and they haven't had food to eat, so remember they they're weak. So they come to a town called Sukkos, which is on the other side of the Yarden. So they said to the people of Sukkos, the arm Beraglai. please give bread to all the people who are with me, because the people are tired, they're hungry. And we're chasing the kings of Midian. And as it could be that they've killed the generals, they haven't killed the kings. So Gideon tells the people of Sukkot, uh, we need food. We need food because the Mesa, we're, we're fighting the war and uh, we need the strength to chase the kings. And uh, therefore, please look, you give us food. Is this the same Sukkot that um, the Yaakov didn't the Sukkot of Yaakov Yenu was next to Shechem, which is next to Shechem. But there was another city called Sukkot in Eberayarden, which is uh, what's being referred to here. So Vayomer Sari Sukkot, and so the, it's interesting, it's in Lashon Yachri, Vayomer Sari Sukkot, which is Lashon Rabin. But uh, there was, obviously, was a spokesman for the others, which I like points out. So the, one of the Sari Sukkot said to him, Hakaf Zebach Vitzalmuna Atobi Adecho. Oh, have you already got Zebach and Samur, these two kings, in the palm of your hand? And we should give bread to your soldiers? Now, as you say, you're going to fight Zebach and Samur. The Messiah haven't done it yet. So, so we, why should we support you? Why should we feed you? And uh, therefore, they refused to look after, they refused to uh, feed Gideon and his soldiers. Now, Gideon isn't the same pacifist that he was before. We spoke to the Ephraim, of course, there's nothing on the contrary, I'm sure you the victory, there's nothing to fight about. You see, Gideon changed his track here. And what does he say to them? Vayama Gideon. 
סגרת זה זכר, זה לא שם שבוע. וסייס השם מזבח וסלמונה ביודי, ואין השם דז גיב מי סוקסס על זבח וסלמונה, ודשתיאס בשר יחם וסקויצי המדבר וסדר הכלים. I'm going to grind the thorns of the desert, the coins of the bracconium, which is also the sharp uh, like branches, into your skin. And I'm going to torture you, basically. So he he's going to torture them. He said, I'm going to let us know to punish them, but he's going to physically, like he said, uh, basically affect them with these thorn bushes. These weren't they helping? Especially, why would Gideon suggest this is as like threatening to to punish them in such a way. So the first question is why did no one tell them? And the reason is, well, they were afraid of Midian. And therefore they didn't want to be, so to speak, later on punished by the Midianim for helping the enemy. Right. They thought that Gideon is very nasty, he's managed to chase Midian away, but you know, when he's actually going to fight Midian on Midian's territory, where the kings of Midian are, he's not going to be so successful. And then whoever was compliant in helping in helping the enemies of Midian are going to get punished. And therefore the Ajisoka says, look, if you had been in one the war already, then we'd help you. But you haven't yet won the war, you haven't yet conquered the kings, and therefore we'd rather we'd rather you know, play, it play it safe and uh, mm-hmm. keep our allegiance to Midian rather than help you and then have to deal with the consequences if Midian wins. So what did tell him? Exactly the opposite. He said, well, you're going to deal with the other way around. Because if I won, then I'm going to be the one to punish you. Now, what was what what's the according to why he was allowed to do that? So there are three different Mahalchim given the Mefarshim why Gideon felt he was allowed to uh, take revenge, so to speak, against the people of Sukkot. Now, as we're going to see, he later did do. Anyway, the first one is that Gideon felt that it's a Mechama of Hashem, and he was given in a vote to fight. And therefore, a person who does not uh, listen to the Dashim Nevoah is in Eva Adi Renavi. And therefore, since Gideon had been instructed by Hashem to fight the war, and that should have been Mechayat Klai Yisrael to assist him in fighting the war, and then if they didn't want to do that, they would be over in the Renavi. So that's already uh, one Chiyuv, uh, which the people of Sukkot were over on. But they didn't know that, or they didn't believe that. That's the question. Did they or didn't they know that? In other words, was it, it seems that people did know that Gideon was... Uh, at least he was meant to be the, the one who was going to lead the battle. Uh, whether they knew it was not or not, no, but that's, uh, and from Gideon's point of view, they were being over in the world, and therefore he felt he was right to punish them. The second thing, and that is, is the thing of the uh, Gemara says in Sota, that when they sent the Jewish army out to battle, they used to put the Kifim at the end of the troops. And the point is the Kifim were basically soldiers. And the idea of the soldiers was that anybody who runs away from the battle, Rishos mm-hmm. basically to break his legs. Like it says in the book, because it's going to cause a drop in the morale of the army. And uh, one second, why you have to injure your own soldiers? Right. And the answer is because it's understood that uh, you can't lose the, so to speak, the benefit of the army uh, because of individual soldiers. So even if the master, you therefore can enforce discipline. Mm-hmm. You can make, you know, punish soldiers who desert the front, right? it's for the benefit of the war. And therefore you see that punishment is allowed in the Shas Milchama, if what's needed for the Milchama. The soldiers. The soldiers. That's even commoners. In other words, if something is interfering with the war effort, so then if it's necessary to punish people, to ensure compliance with what the army needs, 
then it would be mutter as well. And therefore, Gideon felt that if uh, all the towns of the Jewish people aren't going to help, so, so to speak, the soldiers who are fighting the war, well, they're not going to be able to fight. They went to food to eat, they went to resources. And therefore, he felt that there was a, a heter of Shas Muhammad in order to punish, so to speak, the first town who showed the disobedience to, this, to the army in order to mm-hmm. make sure that the rest of the other Jewish towns would the other Jewish towns would be more willing to be helpful. That's the second point. And the third point, the third point is, and that's an interesting one, this is an interesting So again, the first point was, Gideon felt he was a Navi, we have to listen to him. The second point was that even without being a Navi, but there's, a, there's like martial law. There's a law of an army. Mm-hmm. And when there's a dinner of an army, the army is allowed to enforce compliance. Whether it's over the Zahras, even it's over the citizens who are meant to be assisting the army. Yeah, that's uh, either way around. Gideon felt entitled to punish them. There's a third mahalach also. That's an interesting one, and that is that Gideon felt that. Uh, let me let's introduce this. Let's introduce this with the principle of Rishon Saranta. It's a principle in Musa. It's going to be very interesting to think about. And Rishon Saranta is a principle like this. He says that the way any uh, legislature has to, if they're going to make what's called the or the penal code, a way of punishing, it has to be in a way that the punishment is something which is worse than the crime. Because if you say, listen, if a person steals a thousand dollars, you're going to find you ten, <laughs> so it's worth it to steal. Because I'm going to gain more by doing the crime than even if I get caught, the punishment's going to be. <laughs> and therefore, the punishment has to be worse. You know, you have to warn people, if you steal $1,000, we're going to charge you $2,000. So then that, that's a deterrent, because the punishment is worse than the crime. If it wouldn't be like that, people would say, all right, it's worth it. I'll do the crime, and I'll, pay, and I'll pay the penalty, and I'm still gaining. So why not? Right, so it's a, it's a basic logic, that in, 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 when you're setting up a system of punishments, however bad the crime is, the punishment has to be worse. Or else, why should people do the crime? But Rabbi Shaw wanted with this is, and this is something to think about. He says, if that's the case, then when you look at the Torah, what the Torah calls a punishment, what the Torah calls a crime, so then you have to understand in, in that context how bad the punishment is. So for example, the Torah says that for a mitzvah I say, a person is to give up all his money not to ever write say. All his money means that if a person is living in his nice house and he has a business and he has an income and has everything else, and now he's presented with a situation where he's, he's has to, he'll have to do an Israelite sanitarium, or he'll just leave everything and run. He'll leave everything and run, which means he'll lose his house, he'll lose his money, he'll lose his business, he'll lose his car, mm-hmm. everything he owns. What does the Torah expect him to do? The Torah is, the Torah's halacha is, that not to be a person is not to get all his money. If a person isn't strong enough to do that, if a person isn't strong enough to do that, and then say he says, no, he's going to be over that very, he can't afford to avoid his money. So he's doing something wrong. If that's the case, the punishment has to be worse than the crime. So if that's the case, the onish in Shemayim has to be worse than losing all his money. Because otherwise, if the punishment doesn't match the crime, then it's dying to do the, to do the crime. And therefore, as much as a person can imagine what it's like to lose everything he has, right, if you don't do that, and you're not going to be, you're going to be over the mitzvah, then the punishment has to be worse than that. And same thing when it comes to Navera, that person who put you most in the official. If you don't do that, the punishment has to be worse. And therefore, the Rishak is a lot of examples of this principle. That the ownership has to be worse than the crimes. 
And if that's the case, if that's the case, so then there's a deterrent not to do the crime because the punishment is worse. It's not good. Okay, so it's, uh, he used to say in terms of, he gives a little bit of a concept of what the Orange Shagahina means. Because if you see how far the Torah expects a person to, to, to give up on, so to speak, not to do an Averia, then you have to understand that doing an Averia, the punishment has to be worse than that. Okay, that's the side point. Now, if you understand this principle... Is there a pasuk for that area thing, or is it just based on logic? It's not based on logic. But he says what goes on there is also based on logic. Right, it has to be. He, has to he be. explains logic, and it makes sense. But now, with that aside, let's talk something else. And that is, Gideon understood that the people of Sukkot were scared of Midian. And therefore, they're not going to help him because they're scared. What's Midian going to do with us if we lose? So what Gideon has to do is going to say, I'm going to do worse. Right? And because that makes the, crime, the, the punishment greater than the crime. <laughs> Right, so what do you think Midian is going to do to you? I'll do worse. And that's why there's more of a reason why they shouldn't not listen to him, because they're worried about Midian, so I'll give you more to worry about. Because that way there'll be a, so to speak, a reason why people will be willing to help him rather than be afraid of Midian. And that's why even though it's uncharacteristic in Manach to talk about cases of threatening to torture people, that's what Gideon did it for, because this was this way it would balance the fear that they had of what's, what's Midian going to do with us when Midian wins? Okay, think of the other end. What's Gideon going to do with you if he wins? Right. So that's why he, that was his threat to the people of Sukkot. Based on how they had a choice to change their minds after the they, they could have and they didn't. No, because uh, they, 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 they didn't move them. They didn't care. So Gideon goes to the next town. Uh, and there also he tries to get food. Vayal Mishon Peniel, he goes to the town of Peniel. Vayidav Elam, because tells him the same thing. Vayano Oisel Anshe Peniel, because Shaono Anshe Sukkis. His soldiers are unarmed. His soldiers now were armed because so they picked up the weapons from the. So why don't they just take the food? They're in a town. Oh, why don't they just take the food? Take it. Why don't they punish the people of Sukkis right away? They force the arms, they So, the Mavajim asks the second question. Abraham asks, why do you have to wait until later? Why don't you just punch them on the spot? And he didn't want to ruin the morale. So, there's the two answers. He said, number one, he wants to make a Kiddush Hashem. They were scared that he wasn't going to win the war. He wanted to show them he was going to win the war, not to punish them straight away. And number two, uh, the second point here also, and that is, and it's an interesting one, Gideon was busy chasing an enemy. He didn't, he's not, he didn't have time to waste to deal with the other problems on the way. Mm-hmm. But he can deal with the data. If he's going to waste time now to fight the people of Sukkot, whoever it's going to be, so then he's, going to, they, he's giving yeah. them more time to escape. Yeah. So he just says, I'll deal with you later, and keeps going. Mm-hmm. Okay. So then he comes to the next time, and he tells them the same thing, we want food, and they tell them the same thing, you haven't, we're scared of, you haven't won with Midian yet, we're not giving you food. But yeah, Megam and Shepinol, Neymar, so he also threatens them, and he says, "B'shavi b'shalom, etoyt esamigdolazeh." There was a migdol, there was a, a tower or a fortress in the city called Pnuf, and Gideon says, "When I come back, I'm going to destroy the fortress." Now, why was that different to what he told the first people? So the first time he explained that maybe the people of Sukkot had had something to be worried about, and that is, if you lose, then we're going to, the Midian is going to come and punish us. Whereas the people of Pnuf. They weren't really afraid because they had a tower to protect them. Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, then they shouldn't have really been afraid of Midian because they could have fortified themselves in the town. Be, it would have been okay. And therefore, he saw, he saw in the fact that the people of Penul also weren't willing to help him. It was less of a 
They were Samichon, even though they had the, their own protection, they had this tower, but the Maestad didn't want to help him, and therefore Gideon said, I'm going to take your tower away. Now, there's a second element here also, and it goes back to the first thing we said, and that is that Gideon felt that this was in the Cham of Hashem. And if that's the case, they had to listen to him as a Navi. And if they were didn't want to, so it was because they weren't relying on Hashem, they were relying on their tower to protect them. So therefore Gideon says, I'm going to destroy the tower of Penel, and therefore you won't have that... Uh, False sense of reliance anymore. These people are from Shevet Rubin. Go ahead. 